Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Um, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back, everyone, to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast with Pastor Stephen. My name is Scott, sitting in for Ryan today because Ryan is out of town. Uh, and so uh, this Ryan is in South Florida. South Florida, yeah. Doing uh, some um, hurricane disaster relief. And uh, we uh, reached out to him earlier today. He's, uh, he's heading back and. We were uh, we gave him an assignment: bring a bag of White Castle burgers, and so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't know how they transport. Normally, normally a White Castle burger, I'm thinking within what 15 to 20 minutes, Scott, it it automatically turns into dust. I mean, it can't be very good. I mean, yeah, let's be so, real. So why why is he bringing back White Castle? Let's let's talk about that for a second. Well. Uh, because we have somebody on staff that really enjoys White Castle. Now, I need to be honest with you, I'd just soon drive down the street and get me a bag of crystals if I'm going to eat a White Castle. I completely agree with you. Uh, but, you know, my my, uh, my doctor says because I have, well, uh, well, it's called an FL. I have an FL. I need to not eat crystal burgers. Uh, FL would be fatty liver. Uh, so leave that stuff alone. So I do have, before we begin, and I appreciate to have Scott fill in for us today with Ryan being out of town. I would like to do a, uh, a, a shout out. This is a sponsorless shout out. And I like to give this out. This is one of the most brilliant young men that I know. And, uh, just very, very deep intellectually. He's always talking about things that are real heavy, heavy. And so, uh, a special shout out to Nate Schreier, uh, and, uh, that, uh, Stallworth That's of, true. Of he is a bastion of theological that, I, intelligence. Man, I I don't think you could have said it any better. And uh, so, so hello to Nate, and I would appreciate if Nate would leave our producer alone. Uh, What's up, Nate? Yeah, we're glad to have Journey here with us, producing everything this week, and uh, glad to have Scott filling in for us. And um, want to dig into God's word. Let me welcome all our listeners. Uh, as our producer was telling us earlier, we got a great crowd up in Seattle. And uh, another crowd that's growing over in New York City. Is it New York State or New York City? New York City. And so uh, we're thankful to know that we have folks listening to us all around the world as we are down here in the panhandle of Florida. And you guys pray that this little tropical disturbance out in the... uh, in the Caribbean just kind of scoots on up the Atlantic and doesn't make landfall anywhere. That's exactly right. Uh, But uh, all right, let's get going, Scott. Absolutely. So, you know, this Sunday was a special Sunday. We had parent-child dedication, so we took a break uh, from Romans, and you talked about how to be a faithful parent. So let's start off. Define a faithful parent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, a great definition is the scripture that we used in Deuteronomy chapter six, four through nine. And I tell, I tell parents this all the time. You need to read Deuteronomy six because basically God says this: strong families, they are the bedrock to a strong nation. And Moses is laying it out there in Deuteronomy six. But how would I define a faithful parent? Uh, I would say this. I would say first of all. 
someone that is uh, is in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, so they have a relationship with him, but then secondly, understands that the child that they're parenting is not really their child. It's, it's, it's God's good. child. And, and so he has just given them to us. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, wealth or money or something along those lines that he has given them, you know, he's given to us to be good stewards of. And it's not a situation when it comes to uh, money where we say, okay, I'm going to give 10% back. So 10% is God's, 90% is mine. No, no, it's, it's all God's. He wants you to give 10% back to him, start there, and then the other 90%, you're, you're to handle it well. You're, you're to manage it well, right? Be a good steward. So I would say this, those kids that God has, that God blesses us with, and I know I know you and your wife are, uh, you know, just a couple of months out from a from from a new little baby there in your house, and so uh, the fact that that child belongs to God that long before we even read scripture today, mm-hmm. Scott in our staff meeting where he says, "Hey, while you were in your mother's womb, I knit your inmost parts," and so if I approach being a parent as, I mean, technically yes, this is my child, but. It's God's child, and I'm to be a good steward. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be faithful to Jesus Christ. I'm going to lead that child to where hopefully one day they make the decision. I'm gonna follow Jesus Christ as my own Lord. And so I'd say a faithful child or a faithful parent is someone who is pointing that child back to their father, which we know is God that's, Himself. That's good. You know, and and you made up you you said this that. You know, at my wife and I, Ashley, were um, were adopting our first child, and you know, I was so thankful um, as you were walking through this and just how rich this sermon was and what it meant for us as we were, you know, as we're just kind of preparing for this journey of of parenthood, and and so super excited, super great sermon, and so uh, you talked about um, at the very beginning as of your sermon, we you started talking about the Ten Commandments and. Uh, you know, how it's missing from places, it's being taken off. So why is it so important for us to remember and follow the Ten Commandments? Well, I would say because the Ten Commandments themselves, they give us a true indication of who God is. Mm-hmm. That it's, 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 it's not a situation of, okay, all of a sudden one day God just decided, I'm going to give these 10 things to Moses. I'm going to, I'm going to write them on stone tablets so he can carry it down. You know, this is, this is not a manifesto, if you will, of God, but instead it is, it, it gives us an insight into God's character that if you look at it, creation itself, the 10 commandments, they're, they're really, they're sewn into the fabric of even creation that those 10 commandments give us an insight to who God is, Mm. to what is important to God, to what is valuable to him. And we know what is valuable to him is also to be valuable to us. And so uh, for instance, we'll we'll just say, you know, uh, thou shalt not murder. Well, I mean, yeah, the reason why life is important to God, life is a gift from God. And so it's not a situation. This is where folks get a little sideways. Oh, you're one of those. You're one of those, right? You 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 believe the law, like you got to live the law. You keep the Ten Commandments, and if you keep the Ten Commandments, then you're going to be right with God. Well, no, no, no. There's not one of us that can keep the Ten Commandments. Not not one of That's us. Right. 
you may sit there and say, well, I've not been guilty of murder. And then Jesus comes along. Jesus is like, hey, you've heard it said of old, you know, you shall not kill. But I'm telling you, if you've had hatred in your heart, you're guilty of murder. What? What? He's taking it to a new level. I can almost see him sitting there and say, saying, okay, there are some of you that are writing in your, you know, yourself thinking you're Mr. Big Shot because you hadn't killed anybody. I'll just tell you, you're guilty of murder. You've, you've had hatred. You know, I've been faithful to my wife. I'm not, I've, I've not lusted after another man's wife. And then Jesus comes along and Jesus is like, well, you may not have committed adultery, but if you've ever had lust in your heart, you're guilty of the same thing. So it's not, you know, I, I don't want to elevate the Ten Commandments and try to uh, give them some kind of uh, salvation value. We know salvation is through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. But within those Ten Commandments, let's just be honest, pretty good, pretty good way to live. Mm, absolutely. Pretty good way to pattern my life. When I realize it's not just this mean ogre God taking the fun out of life by, by dictating this manifesto of ten laws, but no, it is he revealing to us more of himself. And as we live this way, we pattern our lives after these. The reality is we're patterning, patterning our lives after God himself. So that's the reason why I think the Ten Commandments are are important still today. Absolutely, I mean, I, that's couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, the Ten Commandments are so important, and I mean, it just such easy things that that anybody would say, yeah, we don't want to steal, we don't want to murder. You know, these are good things. These are good things not to happen. Uh, so you you begin to talk about make making a point for parents to to make a point with their children when they're young, like what it looks like to behave, how to live. Uh, why why did you think and say that was so important uh, for them to make a point? Yeah, well, we'll just contextually look at it. The uh, word that he uses there for children in verse seven of Deuteronomy chapter six is he's as he's kind of laying out this formula of how to be a faithful parent. The word he uses for children literally means in the Hebrew language, infant child, infant child. So children, and then he goes on to say, it makes perfect sense. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. You know, the reality is, uh, my goodness, your, your kids, when they hit those teenage years, they're not a lot of sitting in the house going on. Well, I don't know. It's a little different today. You know, all they want to do is sit around and play video That's games. So sure, maybe, maybe they may be sitting in the house, but there's not a lot of talking about Jesus going on. Uh, it's interesting when you look at statistics and, uh, you know, I know you have a little bit of background when it comes to student ministry and and, and help out even in our student ministry here uh, in your along with your job of being our minister of communications. But the uh, when they get that driver's license. If you don't have them tied into Jesus Christ, man, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. As soon as they start driving, they start going places, they start doing their own thing. Then it's hard. And so that's the reason why young at an early age. Hey, and I'd like to say this as well. And I think we've even talked about this before, Journey, that um, it's a great testimony when somebody says, you know, my goodness, man, I was a hellion. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I like to, you know, uh, I don't know, kick uh, kick puppies. puppies. I don't. I don't. I don't know yeah. what. I don't know what people like that do. But anyway, 
Uh, and then all of a sudden I met Jesus and he drastically saved me and changed mm-hmm. me. What a great testimony. Absolutely. I'm going to say to me an even better testimony. And again, there's no such thing as better testimony. Yeah, for Your sure. testimony, Absolutely. if you know yeah. Jesus Christ, is That's a pretty good testimony. The only thing you need right there. But how, man, to hear someone sit there and say, you know what? Uh, man, the earliest memories I have, my parents teaching me about Jesus, yeah. uh, taking me to church and and sharing God's word with me and praying with me. And so at an early age, I came to know Jesus as my own Lord, and he protected me from those things in my life, those evil things. And uh, what a wonderful testimony that is. And so that's the reason why I think he says right here, man, at an early, early age, you've got to start teaching them God and his word. And uh, again, the lordship of Jesus Christ, be intentional, make it a priority. It's crazy the things that that we want to make a priority and we sacrifice those things which we ought to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, a priority, but you better start while they're young. Start before they get that driver's license. All right, folks, they'll sit there and say, well, well, you know, what age do you think we should start talking to our kids about um, uh, God's plan when it comes to sex and things like that? I'm like, hmm, your kids watching TV yet? Uh-huh. Okay, you're, you're late. You're late, yep. As soon as they can start looking at that screen, because they're being indoctrinated, I can promise you that. Yep. I'm amazed. Uh, when my girls were small, and and my girls are twenty one and twenty, and the the baby now is six foot one, and he's fourteen. The uh, I can remember we've talked about this, I believe, but when they were little, we got this thing called curse free TV. It went, it worked through a VCR. Uh, our listeners don't know what that is. Probably not. Probably not. In which I had a good buddy yesterday send me a CD sermon series set. Whoo! I'm sitting there and I'm like, I am so glad to get this. I don't think I have a CD player anymore. Did your truck even have a CD player? I think the, I think the truck may have a CD okay. player. I've never used it. Yeah. I'll have to see. But the 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 we had that curse free TV and and just simple things that we were like, oh, that's okay for them to watch because mm. it's on this channel. And then all of a sudden, the curse free TV starts. It starts bleeping out. It really didn't bleep it. It would mute it, and it would print an alternative phrase across the bottom. And then, you know, my wife and I would try to guess what that phrase was, that it was muting. But we're sitting there, and we're like, my goodness, we didn't realize. We didn't realize all the stuff that's being said that we would know. I mean, there, I mean, if this were just outright, if we were paying attention, well, there's no way that we would let our kids do this. And so I would just say the same thing. Your kids are being indoctrinated. I mean, you can homeschool them. You can do everything in the world, but they're still being indoctrinated. Do they drive down the street and get to look at billboards? They're being indoctrinated. So start at an early, early age prioritizing God's word and God's principles. Yeah. Well, as I look at my own life, I'm so thankful for parents that made that point in my life and where, you know, where it could be just been completely different. I mean... And so um, as you as you continue, we talked about um, in there for a bit of time about um, how parents sacrifice the best uh, for just something that's good. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things vying for attention, a lot of things that they have a lot to do. But this idea of sacrificing the best for um, for something that's good, expound on that for us. Well, naturally, 
I'm going to say I'm going to say the things of the Lord. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say His Word. I'm going to say prayer. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say church attendance. And for the life of me, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how people. I mean, when did church attendance become this bad thing? Mm. When I, for the life of me, I can't. Since when did church attendance become a burden? I, I was. I was I was somewhere. I'm not going to say exactly where I was. It's not a bad place, but if I say where it is, it may give it. You know, it may give up who 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 I had this conversation with. But I was there, and this and it was a Wednesday night. And this uh, individual said, uh, "Don't be late for church tonight." And we have a we have a full midweek service here. We have a lot of our folks that Sunday is a, a work day because we're down here on the coast, and you have boat captains and tourism and all that kind of stuff. And so. Wednesday evening, that's their church, and we'll, I preach a full message, and we, we have a full service. And so uh, he knew that, and he said, hey, don't you can't be late for church. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay. I'm good. I, I know what time I've got to leave here to be able to get there. And, and here's his exact words. Uh, well, for 31 years, he, he served in a capacity uh, at a church. For 31 years, I had to be there on Wednesday. But the day I retired, I said, you know what? I ain't got to go no more. And um, and I'm like, oh, God, please let that not ever be my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, that, I don't, that I don't see that I have to go to church, but it's that I get to go to church. Yeah. And, and the moment that I see church attendance as a burden, then something, something's desperately wrong with my own heart. And so... Uh, your question was sacrificing the best for good. There are a lot of good things that you can bring into your child's life that are, that are, that are good things, nothing in the world wrong with them. But if it causes them to sacrifice the best, then then we got a major issue. We got a major issue. Um, And uh, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about earlier, church attendance. I know the day and time we live in and I have a son who is, uh, he, uh, he loves athletics sports his, his whole life has played them. And, you know, he came to a point where, uh, Hey, are you going to do travel ball? And, uh, I mean, he was good enough and he could, he could do travel ball. just, you know, still today, even though he's a freshman in high school. And, um, and I, I would say, well, yeah, but he's, he's not going to miss church to play, mm. to yeah. play travel ball. And they, they would look at me like, I'm crazy. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? This would be good for him. This would be fun. You don't understand how how good this will be for him when when he tries to make the high school team or maybe one day when he you know colleges are looking at him to play ball. You don't understand how how helpful this will be for him. And I'm like, well, you don't understand how missing church is going to be hurtful for him. Yeah. And 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 so for us, and of course now, you know, a couple of years, you know, now he he he's kind of his own voice, and he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. Hmm. I don't want to miss that. Uh, and so I would just say this to parents. Hey, nothing wrong with those things. There's are good, good things. But don't let those good things take the place of what is best. Yeah, dad. Hey, dad, teach them how to shoot a hunting rifle. If that's your thing and you want them to hunt with you. Oh, yes, yes. But far more important, teach them how to open up that Bible. Te- teach them how to study God's word. Uh, yeah, hey, mom, you know, uh, you know, teach them. Uh, I don't, I don't know what your thing is. Teach them how to play soccer. Teach them how to dance, or whatever it is that they do. And I know I, I'm, I'm teetering this very fine line in the world that we live in today, trying to assign certain events to particular sexes. But 
do all that, but but also make sure you understand and make sure you help them understand how much more important is for that need to bend in prayer. That's right. And uh, so good things, they're good as long as they remain secondary. The problem is when they become priority. Yeah, that's good. Um, so <clears throat> next question I have for you, um, and this is, you know, this is something that's talked about a lot now, uh, and then we even have um, our phones even track it for us, and that's screen time. And, you know, you made a statement Sunday that's our, that, that is the closest companion to our children. So just let's talk about screen time for a little bit. Yeah, I had uh, some stats that I looked up from some national publications that I shared. It's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. U.S. News and World Report, uh, they, they made a statement that the closest companion a child has today is, is a screen, mm. whether that be their television screen or their phone screen. And, uh, and then Time News even says that movies and television shows are the chief sex educator in the United States. And then to take it to take it a step further in those same statistics, we're now told that the average teenager watches over 100 movies a year. I can't even fathom that. Uh, I think I watch maybe five movies a year. And as far as beginning to end, maybe one, because a movie for me is it's like taking a sleep aid. Um, you know, the movie comes on, I get 15, 20 minutes in it and you know, my wife's like, go to the bed, you're snoring, I can't finish watching the movie. Um, and if we're watching the movie in the bedroom, she wakes me up and she's like, put your mask on, uh, which it's not a mask to keep me from catching something, not a COVID mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's my uh, CPAP mask. So it takes you a couple times of watching a movie to actually Oh, I never finished it. most of them. <laughs> I'm not interested that much in it. I'll be honest with you, I'm really not. I'm like, yeah, just tell me what happened, you know. Or she'll be watching a series, and she's like, now listen, you know, you, you, I, I've went ahead. I've watched like three or four shows that you've not watched. So, you, you know, you can watch them and catch up with me. And then and I'm like, I really don't yeah. want to. Just tell me. Give me tell me what happened. Give me the spark notes. And let's, yeah, let's I, don't, I don't even care. I'll Just be tell asleep me. in Yeah, I'm not going to be upset. I promise you. Uh, that's right, because I will be asleep soon. But the um, 100, the average teenager, 100 movies a year. And this is kind of, this is kind of the uh, stat that I was getting to. The article said it's now believed that 80% of those 100 movies the average teenager watches are rated at least R. Mm. R. Restricted. I don't watch rated R movies. That's, that's a decision that, that I made in my life a long time ago, and, and, and my wife as well. And, you know, because um, we just didn't think it was beneficial for us to do that. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not sitting there saying I'm more spiritual than anybody who does watch rated R movies. I would just say this. If they're rated R, then that's probably a good indication uh, that a teenager doesn't need to be watching them because it's been rated that way for a reason. Absolutely. But as a parent, just, I mean, man, monitor that. Know what's going on. Uh, screen time. and um, God, I can remember my grandmother. If y'all think I'm going to sit here and watch TV all day. I mean, I don't, she really didn't talk like that, but it just sounds cool. <laughs> if you think you're going to sit here and watch TV all day, you got nothing. Come turn that TV That's off right. and get out in the yard. So I'd come back when the streetlights come on. Ex exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, so why is that important when it comes to screen time? Because of uh, the impression that it makes upon you. And you see something long enough over and over, you hear something over and over, then that which used to be shocking to you 
is now normal to you. Hmm. And so, uh, I, yeah, I would say it's very important to, uh, to, to safeguard the screen time. Not only for your kids, I would say for yourself as well. Yeah. How many times do we sit there, Scott, do you ever find your, well, probably not you, because I know you, you, uh, you know, you're like, we have, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have Paul, we have like Charles Stanley and just like, uh, just a little step above par- Charles Stanley Scott, um, okay. when it comes to the spiritual meter there. But I know I've, I've done this as well in my own life. Probably not you, Scott. I'd say definitely Ryan has, um, there, there are weeks that we're not sure that we're going to let him host the show anymore. Um, but, but anyway, he repents and everything's okay. Yeah, I mean. the, but there are times that I've sat there and said, man, I know I should read my Bible more and study more and be in prayer more. I just don't have time. But I got time to watch a four-hour football game. Yeah. I've got time. I like to watch. There is a program I like to watch. Okay. It's called... I mean, it's a fascinating thing. It's been around for quite some time. To me, it gets better and better. It's called the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I love the wheel. Okay. My wife can't stand it. She's like, oh, my goodness, I'm married officially <laughs> to an old man. An old man. You're wanting to watch the wheel. I'm like, I mean, I don't, I don't have to worry about what they're going to say. I don't have to worry about cussing. Every now and then, you know, he'll paddle good to get it gets a little. He says some Blurs things the line you know, a little bit. Yeah, not politically correct, you know. And, uh, but anyway, I love the wheel. I love the wheel. But how many times do you sit there? Boy, if I only had more time in every day, I would just stop and say this: What is most important to you in your life? You're going to make time for. That's right. So let let's evaluate that, especially when it comes to the kids that we're raising. When it comes to just screen time, and, and, and as well, know what they're watching, know what games they're playing. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a big one, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The uh, I mean, some of the video games, and I, I mean, there's so much stuff in in that world <laughs> that's just as bad, worse than movies. Yeah, Journey. Do you remember Ping or was it Pong? It was called Pong. Pong, the original, the original video game, and it had a like a stick on one side and a stick on the other and a little ball, and then go the pong, it's back, and then all of a sudden maybe start going a little faster and pong, and then all of a sudden Atari released tank, oh, and then you had two tanks shooting that same ball, trying to hit each other, and man, you thought that's the greatest thing in the world. And yeah, now, starting to one of our interns today about my first cell phone that the only game that you could play on it was Snake. So I mean, you know, it's come a long way. My first cell phone was a bag that was installed in my car that had a CB antenna coming out of the roof. My stepmom had one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I carried around a, a beeper, and the somebody would beep me, and then I would have to go out to my car, and and I would, I would call them. I would call them from my bag phone. You had to crank the car up, though. Yes, you did. Absolutely, because it was it was directly wired into your battery. Zipper, yeah. unzip it and pull up. No, I didn't. I didn't keep it zipped up. Okay. It just sat there because right. I wanted everybody to see that I'm riding around with a bag phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you you wanted to, to notice it. That's right. Exactly. Uh, well, I, you know, and I think with a lot of that stuff that we've talked about, we have um, you know parents that um, they get afraid to be labeled as that preachy parent. Uh, and you talked about this Sunday, preachy parent versus a phony one. Um, and so let's, uh, you know, let's let's dig into that a little bit, The being a preachy parent versus a phony one. 
So many parents I've heard say this, well, the reason why I really don't want to preach to them and the reason why I don't want to, for instance, make them go to church is because what if when they're older, they rebel against that and they say, well, because you forced it on me, now I'm doing right the opposite. And so I don't want it to squelch them. Hey, what they do on their own, when they get out on their own, you're not responsible for. But as their parent, you will give an account. And so I would much rather it be, you know what, man, I taught them the ways of God. I taught them, you know, I had some standards here. There was some accountability when it came to my home. I made sure that they were involved in youth group and church and all those kinds of things. Because, again, I wanted them to be in an environment that would teach them the truth of God's word. And so they had that foundation there. Uh, And then all of a sudden they left the house and they went out to college and they, you know, who knows what. They got involved some you know, they listen to what some liberal wiggle jaw, Dr. Wigglejaw said wiggle jaw. and uh, all this stuff. And they've, they've recanted and they've turned their back on everything. And, oh, mm-hmm. if I had not. No, it'd be the equivalent of sitting there saying, you know, my kid's saying, hey, Dad, I'm running 103 fever and I can't breathe and my throat's killing me, but I don't want to go to the doctor. Okay, son, I'm not going to make you go to the doctor because if I make you go to the doctor, then what happens when you get older and you've really got something going on yeah. and you won't go to the doctor? No, be that parent. Be that parent that that says there are priorities, there are great things, and um, you may not get it right now, but one day, one day you'll understand why I do what I do. And the point that I made in the sermon is they can live with a preachy parent. What they can't live with is a phony parent. Mm. And teenagers can spot a phony a mile away. away. (laughs) It is so true. We've all seen that. Yep. We've all seen that people, you know, just, I, I always find it humorous, those adults who who, who want to act like teenagers, <laughs> thinking the teenagers will appreciate them. They're yep. cool because they're acting like a teenager. You're 52. You're not 14. Let it go. <laughs> You're an idiot. Quit acting that way. They expect you to act like a 52-year-old That's man. Right. Yep. Come on. So uh, anyway, yeah, I would say, I would say don't buy that line. That's the devil. Mm, That's the yeah. devil. And, um, you know, the reality is you're, you're, you're 14, 15, 16-year-old, whatever, 13-year-old, they're not going to understand some things, and they may not agree, and they may not be happy with everything that you do, but it's okay. Yeah. Because they're fickle. Fickle, that's a, that's a word. That's well, you a good know, one. well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, from moment to moment, they change. Yeah. They're like hormones overriding right. them like crazy. And you say, well, how, how do you know they're fickle? Because I used to be a 13, 14, 15. Right. I mean, I know. Absolutely. I know. But at the end of the day, here's what I knew about my mom and dad. Mm. They loved me enough to tell me the truth. And they loved the Lord. And, I, and, and like you said, Scott, I'm thankful I was raised in a home that from an early age taught me the ways of, of Jesus. That's right. Mm. So I'd much rather be known as the, the preachy parent than the silent or the phony parent. I, I completely agree. Um, and so you, um, as, as you kind of finished out, we talked about some practical ways. Now we've hit on some of these, but I want to go, I want to just, maybe you won't have something you might want to add, um, but we've talked through some of them, but some practical ways uh, to do these things. One, what you said, parental lock on TV channels. We talked a little about the the rated R movies and, and uh, watching out on that. You've uh, accountability on their phone. I mean, we talked about screen time, but Talk a little more about the accountability on the phone. You, you said something really good on, on Sunday when you talked about, um, you know, well, it's their phone. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 
I don't know how it works in other people's houses, but I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still with with daughters in their twenties still paying for five cell phone bills, and uh, the uh, the way the way I look at that is, uh, hey, if I'm paying for it, then I'm the one who controls it and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, I would say this, you know, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, right now with the uh, with the 14 year old, there's something called. Um, I think it's called Phone 360 or something like that. Life 360? Life 360, yep. thank you. So, I mean, this is an app that, that or maybe be a setting on the phone. It's an app. It's an app mm-hmm. that you put on the phone that the preciseness is unbelievable. Yep. You can sit there if you're like, where are you? I'm in chemistry class. Well, guess what? You got that app on there. It'll tell you, are they sitting in the hallway or are they in chemistry class? <laughs> Pretty much. And, uh, and, and, you know, and folks would sit there and say, well, you know, that's just... That's really overreaching, you know. That's that's no, they're fourteen, yeah. man. They're fourteen. Uh, again, I'm going to remind you, God gave, or God allows you to have His children and to parent them, so that you'd be a good steward of mm. what He has given to you that belongs to Him. And so, I'm going to do that. I'm going to protect it. Be the no different, no different than uh, I can remember when I was growing up and. I had cousins around the same age and uh, one cousin that we would go over to his house and uh, the neighbor all around their yard had an electric fence. And, uh, and so um, my aunt, like she planted this row of bushes so we couldn't get close to the electric fence because we'd gotten into the electric fence. Now they had told us, don't, don't get near the electric fence. And you're like, well, the electric fence ain't going to hurt anything. What are you talking about? You know? And, uh, and so anyway, it, to me, it's no different than her putting those bushes around the electric fence. You know, some folks would say, why would you do that? Why would you put the bushes there? I mean, you know, they just, man, the electric fence, let them have some fun. Well, because she knew the pain that came from that. So I would say yeah. this. Why do you install safeguards? Why do you, uh, why do you have uh, barriers and uh, accountability when it comes to your child? Because you love them so much. You, you, you don't want there to be harm in their life. You don't want them to get hurt. Naturally, as they respect that and as they honor that, then all of a sudden, you know, you give a little bit more freedom and, and a little bit more freedom. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different things that you can do on the phone. I mean, uh, you know, we have parental uh, settings on, on our son's phone. And to where, you know, he can't look at something on the phone uh, above a certain, yeah. you know, rating. And um, and then also it all comes to us. You know, we, we get something sent to us each month showing us what he's been looking at. And uh, well, it's amazing now. The, yeah. the, the You know, back when I was growing up, when Journey was growing up, if a teenage boy wanted to go look at pornography, they're going to some seedy gas station in a bad part of town to buy magazines or you know, they have some crazy cousin somewhere that's, you know, showing them to you or something like that. And right now what I'm seeing in counseling, and, and you'll get this across the board for many, the most addictive thing out there is pornography. Yeah. Mm. And so if I can sit there and I can create barriers, safeguards in the life of my child to keep them safe from that until they can come to the point to where... Uh, they maybe a little bit better can fight that or they understand the importance of accountability in their own life with other individuals, then I see that as a win. But I would say, I would say, communicate that with your kids. Yeah. Man, I love you too much not to know what's going on in your life. Yeah. Well, and I think you can utilize technology. I mean, not 
parents to to encourage parents not to be scared of technology. You know, as far as technology's come and the things that kids can access, technology's come even further on on helps to safeguard on phones. I think and, you know what we probably need to have here. We probably need to have a class and have you teach it to parents of things that you can do electronic wise and 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 concerns and. Hey man, danger here and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, there's things you can look at, but you can use technology in your to your advantage. I've learned of something the other day I did not even know existed. Okay. Uh, I think it's Instagram. Yes. It, vanishing Instagram messages. Yep. I I honestly didn't know that until about a week ago either. So you can you can send someone a message on Instagram, and I don't even have an Instagram account, so you know what that looks like. Uh, and when they can read it, and the moment they read it and they exit out of it, it's it. gone. It's gone. And there's no history there at all. Supposedly, yes. So parents can't. So parents don't know what they're, what, I mean, I'm going to want to make sure if my kid's got Instagram, yeah. that's not on there. Yeah. That's turned off. That's not even an option. I think, I think Snapchat. Snapchat's been that way. For, been that way for quite some time. Ad. Yeah. So, uh, and ask them the hard questions. Yeah. Sit down and, and point blank. Hey, do you ever do you ever use this? Do you ever? And let me just say this as well. It's crazy. Uh, it's been my experience in the past. Girls' parents are pretty. They're, they're pretty good about this. About not letting some guy come over to the house and go into their daughter's bedroom and just kind of hang out in there because they're studying together. Or, yeah. yeah, they're studying. <laughs> yep. Or they're you know they're they're watching a movie or they're gonna take a nap. Take a nap. Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> you let a, I, I, oh I would have oh if some hairy legged boy would have come to my house saying hey I'm gonna go in there to your daughter's room we're gonna lay down we're gonna take a nap. <laughs> oh man, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Think you'd be around. I'd have a prison ministry. Is what I would have. The the uh but but girls' parents, it's been my experience. So mm-hmm. this is not across the board. You know, if you're gonna send uh some kind of statement to podcast at Highlandpark.org, just just know I've quantified what I'm saying here. Yeah. Uh it's been my experience that the girls' parents are pretty good about that. I've been blown away how the boys' parents are not. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And 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 so the girlfriend will go to the boy's house and you know and then she goes back there and they're just hanging out in the boy's bedroom and the and his parents are kind of kind of kind of cool just with it whatever yeah wow 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 anyway yeah <laughs> anyway um, so um, you know a lot of good things about uh, about what it looks like to be a faithful parent um, but I wanna I wanna also touch on this just this this snippet of encouragement towards the end. Um, you kind of said this, hey, parents, you know, maybe you're the parent in this room that um, your kid, you, you, you taught them, you lived this way, you, you, you know, you prayed scripture over them, you, you did all this, but your kid still walked away. Uh, and then you talked about that their job was not done. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was just such a great encouragement. I'd like you to just hit on that for a little bit, uh, for a few minutes there. There are many parents out there who, who raised their kids the right way. Yeah. All the things that we've mentioned here, they did that. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, though, that child that now becomes an adult, they bear responsibility. And so you can do everything right, and it's still, at the end of the day, you have a rebellious child, or you have one that runs away from everything they've been taught. Uh, Now I would say this to those parents, number one, Please do not forget the power of a praying parent. Yeah. Uh, don't give up. Continue to pray. Also, claim the promise 
that says if you teach them the ways of God when they're when they're young, when they're old, they'll not depart from this. And there are some folks that say, well, I claim that promise and it's not true. They're older and they have departed. Here's what that means. It basically means at least they know the truth. They know the foundation. Mm-hmm. You've laid that there. It's not like uh, here's somebody out there who's never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's somebody out there that doesn't know that God loves them, that, uh, you know, they understand that. And so, you know, even in their darkest moment, even when they're uh, by themselves, it's not a situation to where you're sitting there praying, hey, God, please send a missionary or, hey, God, please send someone to tell them the truth. No, you've already instilled and laid that groundwork of truth. So they have something to go to. They know where where to run. Um, and uh, I would just say continue to love them mm-hmm. and um, continue to express to them. I love you. I love you so much. And I'm praying for you. And uh, my heart's desire is that you would that you would follow the ways of the Lord. Um, and they may even respond, oh, that's all you ever talk about. Yeah, here's why. Here's why. Because because most cause, important. Thing. Exactly. The, the only hope that you have is in him. So I would say to those parents, number one, you know, I get the whole beating yourself up. But I mean, if there's anything that you could have said or you could have done differently that would have caused them to maybe uh, embrace the things of Christ versus rebelling against them, then you would have said that or done that. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can, I mean, you can, you can do all the right things and it still doesn't bring the fruit that you're looking to bring. Um, but again, their life's not done. Their life's not done. So let that be an encouragement. And it's still, uh, again, I'd much rather be that parent at the end of the day, when I stand before the Lord, Lord, you know, I taught them your ways. You know, I lived your ways before them. You know, I prayed for them. You know, I shared the gospel with them. And even though they, you know, they went this way, I did those things, you know, I did those things, even though they went this way versus being that parent that says, eh, really wasn't that important. Yeah. I didn't take the time. So, um, you know, for me, we talked about this, that, you know, I'm getting ready to be, become that parent. And so this was a great challenge and an encouragement to me. And, you know, I hope that it was an encouragement, you know, as, you know, the parents that, that did all this, that, that, that taught them and, and, and showed it what it looked like. And, but they're still walking away to just, you know, keep that prayer life and keep praying, keep praying for them. But what do you say to the parent that they heard this or hear what we're talking about their kids, 15, 14, 15, 16, and they have not been doing this. What does it look like moving forward? Yeah, every day is a new day and uh, every day devoted to the Lord and uh, being faithful to parent in the way that he would want you to uh, is better than than no day. That's right. And even though you can't undo the past, uh, you, you, you can start fresh and new today. And I, I would say to some parents, maybe even sit down and just say, hey, listen, uh, I need to apologize to you. Mm. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I allowed so many years of your life to pass without emphasizing the important things. And I would ask you to forgive me. But starting today, today, I'm, I'm going to be faithful to the calling that I have from God to be, a, to be a, a godly parent to you and to teach you his ways. Now, some will receive that well. Others will not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it still doesn't change the fact, you know what, starting new, fresh today, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to honor the Lord in the way that I parent. Mm. 
Awesome. Well, you know, I really hope you guys have enjoyed uh, today's podcast. For, I hope it's an encouragement and a challenge uh, to parents out there and to, um, you know, whether you're going to be a parent uh, are a parent or have uh, you know been a parent for a long time. Hope is an encouragement. I hope. Uh, thank you for listening to the Unchangeable Truth podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hey guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland, H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived for the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out. Worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free, shoot us an email at podcast at highlandpark.org. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.